0: Yeah, and, and this is where we've seen so many new AI applications here at the market, right? It's it's just gone completely mad. So the the concept of AI anxiety does exist. I suffer from it quite openly. I'm terrified and excited at the same time, everything that's going on. But what we're talking about there isn't quite artificial general intelligence. I mean, you know, we've got auto GPT, which people thought would be the closest thing because you've got an artificial intelligence that's prompting itself.
1: Right, okay. Well, hello, Beanies, and welcome back to Beanies in a Pod. I'm Phil. And we've already forgotten how to do the intro. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Should we start hello, again? Daniel, or... Aaron. No, I'm pretty sure you yeah. go second. Mm. It's all right, we're keeping yeah, it, this in. It's pad. Pad. Oh, okay. Pad. <clears throat> hello, Beanies. Welcome back to Beanies <laughs> in a Pod. I'm Phil. I'm Aaron. And I'm Daniel. We got there in the end. <laughs> and today... <laughs> We also have a special guest. I have instruct, not instructed. Um, What's the word I'm looking for here? I've used a tool here to help me create an intro for you. One close to your heart. One very close to your heart. I've used your LinkedIn about section. Oh dear me. (laughs) And I asked ChatGPT to create me a boxing style intro (laughs) (laughs) using that information. Because why wouldn't you? (laughs) Exactly. So. I'll try and do my best Bruce Buffer impression here, but I'm not sure how this is gonna go. Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, we have a financial powerhouse on a mission to transform your systems into superpowers. He's the finance and tech expert who's here to optimize your setup and guide you through the world of AI automation. And he's here to help finance pros unleash their true potential. It's Adam
0: Shilton. Wow.
1: <laughs> Is that it?
0: Best best intro ever.
1: There we go. You can thank Jack, Jack DPT for that one. You didn't edit it at all? I edited it a tiny bit. Okay, fine. The tiniest amount. Just the words.
0: <laughs> the the Just sequence. All of the words. The pro.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. I had to cut out a few things because he didn't quite understand what a boxing intro was, but that's fine. Never understands the context. 90% of it was right. I'll say that. No, it was very
0: good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. Thank it wasn't you.
2: bad. In fact, it, the good thing about it is it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to give you an insight. Mm, that's true. It's like a start point, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because if you'd have sat down and think, right, how do I do a boxed intro? You'd have been there mm. for an hour. Yeah, probably. Whereas it, you got that in ten minutes.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe less yeah. than that.
2: Yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's like a card. It doesn't have to take us to the door. It just needs to take us to the you know, area.
3: You walk
1: to the rest, of not Is that a great analogy? <laughs> that's a great analogy for a analogy. Car.
3: <laughs> doesn't get you to where you want to go. It gets you nearby where you want to go. <laughs> well, it
2: does, doesn't it? It gets you to a car park. It doesn't get
3: you to the shop
1: you want to go Isn't to. Isn't that
3: more like a train or a bus?
1: Potato, potato. Okay. Slightly off topic, but that's fine. You've <laughs> <laughs> got
0: in all the best bits anyway. That's the important <laughs> bit.
1: Right, I mean, we may as well just take ChatGBT and go straight into... Let's let's open up the conversation about that. That was I was going to try and do a better segue, but you know we'll just we'll go with it. So you use Chat GPT quite a lot, don't you? From your your LinkedIn profile, as I've seen quite a lot of your content. You've almost built a, a mini industry yeah. around it, I'd say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not the only one. No, 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 not. No, at do all. you know
2: what? You're you're one of the ones that's doing it really well, though.
0: Thank you. It's it's one of those. Um, I lost my Christmas to it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, back into last year, because uh, it had been, I can't remember officially when it was released, maybe November 2022, mm. I can't remember the exact date. Um, so technically I was behind, because I didn't even know it was coming. And then it, Some people still haven't looked at it, oh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it popped up somewhere, probably in LinkedIn. Um, I mm. thought, this is potentially a bit of a game changer. So mm. um, shut myself away. Um, and that was version 3.5 before the more intelligent version came along um and i just went through a phase of asking it questions. um i didn't i didn't do the the standard can i catch it out can i get it to tell me silly things. um but what i did try and do is i started with the the supplementing knowledge mm. thing. so i thought right well imagine i'm trying to speak to somebody in an industry that i've not spoken to before ever and i'm trying to do a bit of prep because that's where i spend quite a lot of my time. um how accurate can it get in giving me a hint into some of the challenges or sorry, I just hit the microphone there. Sorry. Bong. <laughs> um, and then just give me a bit of that context to then inform where my line of questioning could go, you know, um, and immediately it came back with something pretty intelligent. Mm. And I thought this is, this is very different to, you know, the predictive textile AI that we'd seen in, in the past. Um, and then I immediately asked, started asking networks questions. So, um, I'd seen sort of a, a QA and a facility in Power BI ages ago, right, um, whereby you could say, right, well, you know, tell me this information or plot these trends or, or whatever. Um, and it's kind of a similar thing that's already built into all its systems, right? But I think the, the fundamental shift with chat, the emphasis being the chat, was that it was your own conversation with something that had a huge amount of knowledge that wasn't chained to something that already existed. And, I think the the best summary that I can think of, and this was given by um, a guest called John, who's a co-founder of a, a company called Sturpee over in the US. He said, the most important thing to bear in mind with chat GPT is by nature of the fact that it's a chat interface, it is restricted to respond in the way that you would as you were instant messaging someone, right? GPT, a, a generative language or a large language model, is unrestricted in terms of there's a vast amount of data there. So what OpenAI uh, OpenAI and you know Google with, with the Bard application and all that sort of stuff is they've essentially trained their front end to say if you ask it a question it's going to it's going to bring back these answers. But but pretty soon after playing with 3.5 or the iteration of 3.5 you could start seeing its limitations, you mm. know. So mm. the more you'd ask it and the more detailed you try and or the more detailed the questions you try and ask the more consistently kind of generic the responses would hmm. be. Right. So, so you get your first question and you think, oh, holy shit, this is amazing. Um, and then pretty soon you get that further down the rabbit hole and then find that it was bringing back similar responses uh, every time. And that's when I got into the territory of, right, well, am I asking it the wrong questions? Um, because ask a generic question, get a generic answer. It's the same if you ask a person a question without context. How Mm. do you expect a good answer if you don't frame the question in in the right way? And that's where the whole premise of prompt engineering came in, that was a massive buzzword, and it still kind of is, Mm. um, whereby people thinking, oh, I can build a livelihood, telling people how to engineer prompts. And then, of course, there were then databases where people could upload their prompts and make a load of money from, from all of that sort of stuff. Um and and that's how I got into right. well, how, how do I ask better questions? So it kind of dropped off for a little bit. It, I won't say it was a phase because I, I did still use it as part of every day, you know, because it was still really good at generating baseline document templates, for example, you know. Um, mm. If you've got something that can feed you, as we, as we discussed with the, with the boxing intro, give you a starting point that you can then elaborate on. It's cut out a load of that front end work so you can just focus on the, the tweaking and the important stuff, right? So I started using it in that sense and then pretty much immediately... Um, I can't remember, maybe was it March time that the GPT-4 model came out?
1: Yeah, I think it was March.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then it was just a a whole new world because immediately you had a more intelligent model that could understand more detailed questions better because, and without getting too technical, um, the GPT models, when you're chatting with them, have a token limit. And, And a token or a number of tokens is essentially how much data it can process before it can't process anymore. So early generations, you try and copy and paste an entire PDF document and ask a question based on that data, It come back and say, sorry, you've run out of tokens, we can't consume this amount of data. With GPT-4, that then expanded to be able to enable it to handle more complex queries. So that's when prompt engineering, in inverted commas, went up a level mm. because with that added intelligence, you could then ask more complex queries or prompt in a more advanced way. So immediately people then started thinking about how how do we structure this? Um, and I put a bit of a bit of a framework um, together that's in the ultimate GPT framework for finance, shameless plug, um, it's all right. which basically is just a bit of guidance. It's, it's why it's a framework to say, you do need to ask AI questions in a different way to that you'd ask a human because humans get context Mm. you know because we have that experience we work in certain industries you know we work with specific solutions so if I'm speaking to Dan about AI and automation we know that the topic immediately is going to be AI and automation right whereas if you're just asking a question to an AI it doesn't know the situation that it's in so that's the first element you know what what is the situation that we're framing which is where that act as Mm. yeah so if you give it a situation and you give it a skill to assume it can immediately narrow it down. And the analogy that I give in the framework is um, fishing, right? You you say to a fisherman, go find me a fish, right? They go to the ocean. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of fish, right? Um, say, find me a white fish. Okay, we're getting better, but there's still quite a lot of white fish in, in the ocean, right? Um, find me a white fish native to the Pacific that's edible that I can batter and shove in my face. Then then we're getting a lot more specific and yeah. we're narrowing down the variables. Large language models work in exactly the same way. So it's, it's that trick of focusing that attention on the, the bits that's actually going to be useful. So you've got the situation, the skill that you want it to assume, and then the instruction. And this is where I found the bigger shift between the 3.5 and the 4 model is you could be a lot more explicit with your instructions in breaking up that prompt. So act as whatever the, the skill is that you want to assume, please produce. And listing bullet points is already good, uh, really good. So, you know, um, I want you to include X, Y, and Z in your response and then giving examples, you know, um, giving the output format, you know, present it to me as a table and all of those sorts of things. So, so the fr- I won't go through the, the entire framework, but the point is for every step of that framework, you are further narrowing down what mm. you want that, that output to be. Better quality question, better output. All right. The next phase of that, and I'm still working on this, so there will be a, a ChatGPT blogging guide coming up pretty soon. Is how do we expand that even further? Uh, and this is where it starts to get a little bit scary, namely down to you know data and that whole security piece. You know, do you really want to connect this level of intelligence to other applications? Um, and that is where you then expand the capability of a large language model. And then you link it to another tool whereby either the user interface or the means of getting to the output that you want from that tool is prohibitive just by nature of the tool, right? Um, so, one of the posts that, that you may have seen was when I, I basically created an FPNA tool using ChatGPT and a solution called Notable. Yeah. And Notable at the moment, I think, is still free. I don't know whether there's plans to, to monetize it, probably. Um, But you can get ChatGPT to instruct Notable on how you want to make sense of data. So you can put in unstructured data into Notable, whether it be a CSV or from another database that you can connect. And then you ask ChatGPT to create the charts, create the visualizations and all that sort of stuff. So you're chatting with your data to produce an output without having to know how to code, how to use machine learning models and all of that sort of stuff. You know, so some of the examples are, you know, I've got a load of AP transactions, we've got a load of invoices, I don't know where I'm spending, I don't know who my um, most costly suppliers are and all that sort of stuff. To save you having to get that data out, format it, I don't know, put it in another tool like a Power BI, or whatever, you just give it the raw data and you say like, this is my, this is my out, well, this is the outcome that I'm trying to achieve, you know, mm-hmm. so split this expenditure by supplier, yeah? What's also quite good about that is there's a level of intelligence that says, even if the data is not structured correctly, I can structure it for you. Yeah. yeah? Um, so another exercise I did with my team um, it was on was on raw call data, right? Because we wanted to know when the most successful times of you know actually connecting with real people was, as opposed to leaving voicemails and all that sort of stuff. The data I had um, had a merged column that included date and time. It hadn't split it into AM or PM or anything like that. But I asked ChatGPT, connected to Notable, that I want you to tell me successive morning versus afternoon, for example. And it said, oh, I can't do that because you've got a merge column that includes two variables. Mm. But don't worry, I'll split that out for you. And it did it, did the formatting of the data to then produce the visualization off the back of it. Yeah, so... If I just quickly summarise that in terms of evolution, we've gone from a point of 3.5, and I appreciate it, this is ChatGPT-focused. Obviously, there are other large language models out there where it was still very intelligent. It could do a lot of that heavy lifting from a you know generation of text perspective to 4, which is a lot more intelligent, whereby you can get a lot better output based on larger prompts um, and more complex queries. And now we're at the point where we can chain that GPT-4 model two other applications to use those applications as almost a slave or make chat gp the slave so that application to basically do your bidding in whatever format so that's just one example of one tool you can use with it but plugins are growing every day so that's my focus at the moment that's maybe a, a long description of my journey today but yeah there, there we go that's that's where we are
2: so that's question one of 27 <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. I mean,
3: th- the thing I find though, every day,
2: sorry, the one thing we can tell I you,
3: I'm getting a bit of feedback on my mic. Can you see that on your end?
1: I think I'm hearing it as well, but I'm yeah. not sure. Bit of buzz. I'm not really sure what that is. It's turn it down mine, a touch.
3: Mine, no, because it's turn the, the headphone down a touch. I
0: haven't
2: heard it. You have got a dodgy connector, maybe?
3: No, because I I still had it when the headphones were were mine are plugged okay. out here. Oh, I was okay. getting it when the headphones are in.
1: You still get a note? yeah. What is it? It's like a it's buzz. buzz, yeah, yeah very low. A bit, but I can, yeah. I can get rid of that inerting, I oh, can okay. isolate that and get rid of it, so don't worry about it. Okay,
3: cool. Sorry about that. It's Sorry. All right. <coughs> Daniel, please continue. <laughs> 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 That's why I rudely
2: interrupted you. No, no, not at all. No, I was gonna say, so I always I always still equate Chat GPT to either a new employee or the receptionist, hmm. right? Because it's a generalist, uh huh. Uh, you, you want. Very. Spe- I mean, and, and I think it's weird because we, we always think our oh, charity is not very good because you have to be very specific. But actually, it's no different to dealing with people. If you get mm. a brand new person who comes to the office and say, right, get those month-end reports out. They get month-end reports out, but it, it's not necessarily going to be what you want because they don't have context. They don't have pretext. They don't have all the understanding, the assumed knowledge that most of us operate under. Mm. And even when you do, I mean, we've been working together a long time. And if I still say, you know, let's do so-and-so unless I'm very specific still in terms of what that looks like and articulating, it feels familiar with this, but if I really articulate what I'm really looking for, it still won't necessarily be what I what I want. So it's, it's still no different. It's no worse. It's probably better, mm. but it's no worse than human to human mm. in that sense, is it? So it's still a, very much a generalist. Mm. I don't know where uh, it becomes a specialist to the extent that you don't have to basically treat it like a new employee every time you talk to it, mm. and I don't know where, or if, because I'm not, I don't even I don't even necessarily call that general intelligence, um, because I don't think it is, because I don't think even people we <laughs> we think of general intelligence this still doesn't cover that. Yeah. But where do you get to the point where, uh, and I think, and this is something we've been exploring a little bit, is the to get to that a top point where you don't have to re-explain everything every time that's what we're sort of using on bots to overcome the having to explain it every time. Yeah. uh, And, and, try and work it, but it's still not there. It's still.
0: Yeah. And, and this is where we've, we've seen so many new AI applications hit the market, right? It's, it's Mm. just gone completely mad. So the, the concept of AI anxiety does exist. I suffer from it quite openly. I'm terrified and excited at the same time, everything that's going on. Um, but what we're talking about there isn't quite artificial general intelligence. I mean, you know, we've got auto-GPT, which people thought would be the closest thing because you've got an artificial intelligence that's prompting itself. Mm. But I've, I've done a bit with, with that, and it's still not great because it gets confused. It gets caught up and, you know often doesn't end up at the outputs that you'd expect Um, but i'm sure somebody's already developing something that's way better anyway i just don't know about it yet but what we're talking about there is um a large language model in a context so so going back to what i said about chat or the chat of the chat gpt being um the model trained to respond to chat Mm. Um, And and we saw some developers trying to hack um, ChatGPT when it first came out by asking questions on how were you programmed? What are your parameters? yeah, Um, And some of them succeeded and it said, you know, this was my initial prompt to produce the outputs. And it could be stuff like, you know, um, I can't... I can't respond with any information that is destructive or, you know, would do bad in the world and all that sort of stuff. So chat GPT isn't just a free reign access to all of the data. It is still tempered. And what we're going to start seeing more and more of is other organizations training that large language model with their own version of the chat interface that is set in more of a context and some people have been doing this this already so chris bell who, who dan knows um he trained uh, he trained a bot to interact quite well with with zero right and for him it was all about how do we make sure that the response that we get from that bot is relevant to accountants mm. so it understands more of those financial terms i think we'll just see an increase in that mm. whereby and i'd yeah, I I kind of see a situation where, coming back to what you said there, Dan, about employing people, whereby you employ AIs in the same way as you would as a person. Yeah. So Board I want it,
2: train it. Yeah. Give it context, pretext, all that. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. So so you
0: go to market and you say instead of hiring for an employee, yeah. you know it's going to be lower cost and more efficient to buy a preset AI that is trained on this specific function. Yeah. And I've done, done it already. So, so um, for the podcast, just use it. It's not a finance example, but a podcast example. There's a, there's a company called Podium.page. And they've done exactly that. They've, they've taken a model and they've said, right, well, when somebody puts a transcript into this model, we're going to pre-program it. So it automatically generates show notes mm-hmm. that are interesting to people listening to podcasts. We're going to get it to produce a chapter summary from the time code, you know, and that's all preset. Mm. So you're not having to go you know to a you know plugin that's tied up to a pdf to say chat gpt you know write me a chapter summary that is already pre-trained in the model to produce that output for you and i think we're just going to end up seeing more and more of that mm. yeah
2: okay yeah which 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 is what we've been talking about mm. all the time it's, it's it's a great generalist tool and the technology underneath it is brilliant um, but you've got to train your own data mm. you've got to build your own data models build your own data databases um, at some point have your own private instance mm. and connect them up and then you'll get what what you really need and want. But the ch- the challenge is always data mm. and training mm. and and adding as much as possible, isn't it? Because it's like it's the same thing with people. People mm. will you try to set the norms and cultures and values, and people will operate within. Sometimes outside, and it will be the same thing with AI. Mm. You'll establish those parameters, and sometimes they'll go outside. Sometimes they'll st- they'll stick within. Sometimes they'll, the results will be surprisingly pleasant and interesting. Mm. Other times they may not be. And you've got to deal with it in the same way. So it, we've almost, and I don't think anyone's there yet, but developing the framework for how you actually engage and incorporate AI into your organisations mm. to work side by side with people, isn't mm. that, that's not really come to the fore yet. Mm. We're all grappling with making it work as opposed to how and why we should make it work. Mm. And that, that's probably got to come. What do you think's next? So what do you think comes in d- uh, the future? I think
0: that is... The next iteration of how people will engage better with AI. So I, I have no idea what the next iteration of large language models are. Only that they will become more intelligent, and maybe we can come back to the concept of artificial general intelligence, which is a bit of a spooky subject. But do we, you think it's going to happen? <laughs> well, I don't know. It will. Um, <laughs> it's just a it's just a case of one. Um, but no, I, th- I think in the short term there's already ways that people can build their own bots. of course it's obviously it's your industry right um so so you know about this but there's already applications whereby you can use pre-existing large language models um to interact with your data so i use the example of notable um which is kind of that but that's with a specific purpose so we're talking about you know financial data or whatever data you connect Mm -hmm. to the platform there but the difficulty is that there's still a bit of a there's still a bit of a learning curve and for those sorts of niche use cases You probably have to end up training, you know, everybody that uses it, everybody's got to have a chat GPT license, everybody's got to have access to to Notable and they've got to know the questions to ask to get the outputs, right? So, but I think what's coming next is a situation where, and to use a finance example, right? So finance teams all the time get bombarded by random requests from the rest of the company. You know, Um, when are you going to pay expenses? You know, um, can you give me this report? You know, can you give me this data? I think the next move is to say, right, well, what is that Q&A type knowledge base that we can build that's gonna allow people to self-serve, yeah? Um, and the data implications here, you know, need to be, you know, considered very carefully. So any tool that you do investigate, make sure that you do rigorously look at the data policy. But the theory is that you create your own internal environment for a chatbot you make sure that all of your data points are synced, you know, whether it's sales data from CRM, finance data from from a finance system, and you give a very simple front end in theory to all of your employees tied to your data whereby they can just chat to it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. instead of going to the finance team, you know, and soak up a load of their time with low value generic responses, they can just self-serve. But the difficulty again there is the training piece of that, and I and I think that's the big gap because you can tie your data to a model in tools that already exist to do that Q and A piece, but does that model understand your business? Does it understand your business objectives? Mm. Well, there's another
2: and um, potentially massive, much bigger problem, mm. um, and this is actually relevant because of the accountants and being bookkeepers that are going to watch this podcast. Mm. Uh, we're actually hearing people we're talking to, companies we talk to both on the enterprise, the so large enterprises, but also the firms and accounting firms that we talk to. They're actually blacklisting it. They're mm-hmm. actually not allowing mm-hmm. anyone mm-hmm. in the organization to connect to it because of security, mm-hmm. privacy, confidentiality, data. Um, so that's a major I think no one's no one's actually doing anything about that that I can see at the moment. No one's actually doing anything about how do we minimise it? How do you anonymize data? Is there a safe way to use it? they just saying no one uses it, blacklist it. It, it, it won't, simply won't work. Mm, mm. How, what you see in other companies, how are you seeing them getting around that? Or are they not even attacking it? Or are they, are they just bring it on board and hope for the best?
0: <laughs> it, it varies business to business. So mm. yes, some, some organisations... Um, have blacklisted it you know because the risk of using it outweighs the benefit you know so it's Mm. you know life is Mm. is is risk right or there's always a consideration for for risk um some countries have still banned it yeah um so so i was speaking to a to a dude from bahrain yesterday evening Mm. um because he was saying i've got no idea about ai um you know give me some instructions you know um I, i don't know what to do i said right well first we've got to look at the problem where's most of your time going and then i had a quick google whilst i was on the phone to him saying mm. is chat gpt available in in bahrain mm. and it said, uh, no <laughs> um anyway so so i was on the phone and i said um just check in like do you even have access to this and he was like technically no but we do uh, uh-huh. okay. and i was like uh, okay. Ah, okay fine so so if the if the want is there, then no amount of restriction is going to mm. stop people from accessing it in some way. Someone's right? messing
2: with their IP address, aren't they? Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, yeah ab- ab- absolutely, absolutely. And I, I didn't ask the question. You know, ask ask no questions here, no lies. I'm waiting for the
2: landmark case where an employee gets you know dismissed oh, for yeah. breach of, oh. and, you know, yeah. God knows where it ends.
0: Yeah. Well, we we, we had to go through a, a training exercise um, as a business. Um, obviously, I'm you know I'm I'm a I'm a big advocate of, of AI. Um, no, yeah <laughs> yeah um, d- did I mention that no. um, anyway, so so I'd, I was asked to give a presentation um, on how AI was likely to to shift the way that we work right mm. um, and I've, I've told this story on on, on my podcast before, so um, if there is any crossovers people may may have heard this story before, but I thought, okay, right if I'm doing a presentation about AI, how can I surprise and delight and like get the get the mm. light bulb to turn on? So um, I went through the presentation. It was in a slightly different format. It wasn't on brand. You know, I wasn't using the same old template that we used a million times before. And it was about twelve slides, um, combination of bullet points, images, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, people were quite engaged. Um, and then about halfway through the presentation, there were a couple of lines which I'd done a strike through on. And I just I did a bit of a hat tip to it. I said, don't worry about those lines that have been crossed out. I'll come back to them at the end. So I continued with the presentation. And then the penultimate page was just one line that said, 90% of this presentation has been generated by AI. And everybody was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, the, 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 the room just went silent. And And the process that I used for that, and there's all sorts of tools that you can do for this now, is... I gave the outline to ChatGPT, or I got ChatGPT to give me the outline, so I said, this is the theme of the, of the conversation, give me 12 slides um, with associated bullet points for discussion points you know, um, mm-hmm. that I can use as a frame for this presentation, so I didn't ask it to give me all of the, the content, just part of the content. And then I used a tool called Gamma, I think it's gamma.app, and I fed that outline into Gamma. And then Gamma did the rest. So Gamma added more detail to the points and it did the design work and it did all of the branding. I, I used it for for next meetings while well. I had a last minute meeting that I had to present at and I thought, I'm not going to be able to do this in time. i just get Gamma to do it. Um, and then I did all of the images in mid-journey. Mm. Yeah, so, so yeah. literally all of that presentation was AI generated, in, in, and and I did try and emulate the one of my employees wearing like a VR headset using AI, unsuccessfully because I'm I'm not good at prompting images. I'm good at prompting text, but I'm not good at prompting images. I'll I'll, I'll I don't think anyone that. is actually. Yeah, yeah, it
2: seems to be a real art form. Yeah, of yourself, yeah, yeah. A-
0: absolutely. And and again, when the kids were keeping me up in the middle of the night, that was another rabbit hole with the with the Mid Journey prompting <laughs> there. So, uh, but we, we don't need to go into that. Um, but the concept <laughs> that sounds worse than I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> I put midnight generating images. That just sounds yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. we, yeah let's let's <laughs> let's not go there. But but the point is that that kind of then spurred a a chain reaction in the organisation that said, we we would have had no idea whether that was produced by a human or or an AI, mm. right? And the strike through text was the text that the AI AI produced that was incorrect. And that's why I said 90% because it was only those couple of points that I had to take out, right? But that chain reaction then led to how how do we keep tabs on this? How do we police this? So we went through an exercise in basically sending a form to all of the team just to let us know whether they were or weren't using ChatGPT just so that we could make sure that we were providing the correct guidelines because mm. I've got no issues with it, providing it's used in the right way and that people are being sensitive with data. So, And, and sometimes I'll speak to it and I won't even refer to my, myself in this um, and I'll say, um, you are doing this. So I'll turn it the other way. So it's not got any details on me. It's just acting as though it is the, the protagonist of the story or, or whatever the term is. Um, but it's the same for um, if you had a query or you're wanting to generate an email outline, which I don't recommend. I don't like AI-generated emails full stop. I don't agree with them. Um, but that then led to a chain of thought. That's is,
2: interesting. I'm coming back to that. Yeah,
0: okay, okay fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway so, so that comes back to the anonymized piece right mm-hmm. so, so there's no no harm in using the ai to give support providing you're not giving the game away because you can read the data protection policies and you mm. can switch off the don't use this data to train the model but you can never be sure right so mm. that anonymization is really important mm. so i think if there's a takeaway there if you are aware of people in the organisation using it, there just needs to be a training plan in place so that they are sensitive in the way that they mm-hmm. use it. You know, generic yeah. stuff, easy. Produce me the a template for an employee onboarding document, yeah, you know, yeah. or produce me a matrix that I can use for um, my next year budget or whatever. You know, with these rows and these columns, that's all pretty, pretty standard stuff, right? But as soon as you start then feeding in information about either customers, suppliers, or your own business. Mm. That's where I'd encourage people just to pause and see whether there's any way that you can anon- anonymise yeah. a bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, on, on the general stuff, I guess it's on anything, but on the general stuff as well, like that. But there is always going to be bias as well, mm. and it's always it's easy for us to say how and when we're using it, but with so many cultures and and stuff on and companies and uh, you're 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 getting a biased mm. experience effectively. So it does have. Limitations in that sense, and there's those biases will be based in and those biases may not be necessarily really, really bad personal negative things, human and human, uh, you know, inhumane negative things, but they could be biased on you know westernized ways of looking at finance and budget and debt. Mm. So, you could allow a lot of bu- bias to creep into things that you could just you know, give me a budget template, but well, mm. that might actually lead you in a road that you don't necessarily want to be, it might not be applicable. Again, it comes back to those specific prompts, pretext, mm. context of, of what you need. Mm. And, and there's going to be, again, there's going to be limitations on what OpenAI is going to do today versus what it might do in 10 years. And mm. Partly because, you know, you mentioned there, Bahrain, they've closed it off in other mm. countries. and so, so it's actually not getting a broader learning aspect because it's not getting to interact with other cultures. Mm. Mm. So that's a major limitation mm. that's going to – and it's, it's more a base of everyone has to be aware that these things exist, and that as you're using it, it's not the be-one-end-all, it's it's a guide, it's a an, an aid, an enabler, but you've got to be aware of the things and the limitations on it. And I mm. think that's the, the thing, is it's it's great and it's sexy and it's it's now, but a lot of people aren't aware of the downsides mm. and the, re- the restrictions on it, and not just it doesn't give me the right answer. Um, that's just one, that's one aspect of it, but I think there's a lot mm. of aspects of it that people are not ignorant of, but they're not aware of they not aware of the bias that that ai has that we're creating mm. and it's a it's an ethical one it's one of those horrible debates ones that you can probably spend and and people are spending forever talking about and i don't think we're ever going to get an, a sensible answer mm. and until it's embraced by everybody or well, nobody it's not going to be <laughs> it's never going to get there is it I well, think. that's
1: part of the problem i think a lot yeah. of people there's a stigma around ai isn't there yeah and they're just like rather than try and learn about it or learn how to Mm. utilize it. They're just like, like we've just said, some companies just blacklisting it straight away. And just mm-hmm. be like, no, but they mm-hmm. probably don't realize that that model is also being used in several other tools. It's not just chat GPT. Like, no, that's it not the it. only where, it. No, where it is. So you're better off training people how to use it and understanding it rather yeah. than just being like, don't use this yeah. one tool. And then they're just going to go off and use something else. Yeah, it's like ignoring global warming. Like you
2: know. <laughs> yeah, you can say, well, it doesn't affect me. I'm I'm good, I'm good. But, you know, but it does, you know, we're, we're a global community and whether mm. you like it or not, it's going to affect you. So you've mm. got to embrace it. You've got to understand it. You've got to get to grips with it. Mm. And that's why people like you become critical. you know, really important mm. because you are pushing it forward. You are driving the agenda mm. and you're forcing people to consider it, become more aware of it. And that's a brilliant thing. I mean, that, mm. that's we need more of this because... It's here, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Yeah. If you get up and you get up in the morning and you switch your music on, your TV on, you book a holiday, it doesn't matter what you do, mm. you're already engaging with it. Mm. Mm. So it's important to understand it. And mm. applause to you to, for taking this on as well, because mm. so, it's important. <laughs> but we need more people doing it, and, it, and the awareness needs to be you know, heightened.
0: Yeah, and I think coming back to the point about um, bias and... Um, just being sensitive of the the results that it's it's giving to you i think to to us who've got the war wounds who knew of a world before ai existed it's not so much of an exactly issue cold enough. <laughs> <laughs> i feel it <laughs> <laughs> um but no so so if uh, the same if if a human said to us something that was just downright wrong mm. we'd say that's bollocks yeah. do, do you know what i mean you know it's it's one of those where because well some people are silly, but the majority of us aren't silly. We have the, the wherewithal about us to say, no, I don't agree with that, or what you've just given me there is incorrect, right? Mm. So I think the same goes for AI. If it does give you something that is you know, irrelevant or just downright incorrect, we still have the capacity to say not no. relevant. Yeah. I think what we need to be mindful of, and this, this is, again, where the AI anxiety comes in, um, Again, without getting too personal, uh, we we're talking about it before we start the podcast. I'm not sleeping at the moment because I've got a one-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old um, that have decided that they're just going to be really hungry at two o'clock in the morning and there's, there's nothing you can do about it, right? But I think about them all the time because they're growing up with YouTube. And they are being programmed effectively by the videos that they are watching, you know, the colors, mm. the sights and the sounds and yeah, any adverts yeah. that turn yeah. up yeah. within that, mm. And that is all AI because yeah. there's an algorithm that's feeding that to them. So, yeah. whether you like it or not, you know, just by watching YouTube, there's an element of programming that an organization is trying to to push on you. It's the same when you're scrolling on your LinkedIn th- feed and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The only way to get away from that is if you decided that you were gonna become a recluse, you know, you set up your VPN, you turned off all your cookies, some people do this and there's no issue with it, and say, look, you know, I'm just not going to put myself mm-hmm. online in a way that other organizations or big organizations can track my data. And it comes back to, to the data point because Yes, everybody's up in arms about saying, I don't want to give information to this organization. You know, I don't want it to learn from my data. But in reality, there's probably hundreds of companies that have got hundreds, if not thousands, of data points on you already as an individual and as a business. So I think we just need to be mindful of that. Yes, data is a concern, but at the same time, it's not been a concern with all of the other cloud applications and social media platforms you've been on for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. So but coming back to the kids, you know, the reason I mentioned that point is to us with experience, you know, and and knowing of the previous world before AI where we learn in a very structured way and we learn from essentially proven history books or you know, um even then there's an argument to say <laughs> that books could be but yeah absolutely books could be biased as well, you know, and obviously there's there's all sorts of arguments about I mean, tra- it's flawed. traditional education. AI yeah. is basically flawed because yeah. it's
2: based on us. Yeah and we're fundamentally flawed mm. and that's the problem mm. I mean, you know i think you need just to accept that it there's flaws mm. just like us mm. accept it but become aware and educate yourself that's that's the critical thing isn't it really? yeah
0: absolutely but but coming coming back to the education piece for for the kids is that if they grow up with ai mm. you know and they're chatting to an ai bot to do whatever you know and the ai is feeding them information that is then training them and educating them How are they going to know whether that's right or wrong, whether that's accurate or inaccurate, you know, because their brains are going to be molded by whatever technology they are. They are consuming the most of. And
2: I I I think fundamentally it hasn't actually changed because we've always been that way. We've just Mm. been influenced by a person or Mm. or groups of people. Mm. It's just that the access now is scarier than ever before Mm. because you can get it 24-7, 365. From everywhere, anywhere, there's hidden agendas, and that's that. That's probably the problem. Is it's it's always been that way. Mm. We're finding a much easier um, and mass way to influence people. Mm. You know, and it's a scary world. I mean, for our for our kids and your
3: kids and their kids, mm. Lord knows. <laughs> I mean, on that point, do you think there's certain situations, certain times that maybe AI shouldn't be looked at as a solution? Whether it be just human can do it better, or morally, it's best to leave that
0: away from yeah most of the time <laughs> yeah mind you we don't do much of a no. better job in fairness
2: do we yeah yeah i think that's the thing we're, we're really harsh on ai but actually we're just shit ourselves I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, no, sorry that, but we are uh, we are we're that, useless yeah, it's
3: yeah. easy to be harsh because it's not a person isn't it it's
0: we're terrible yeah but yeah yeah. we're more we're more critical of ai than we are ourselves and yeah. again chris yeah. bell um yeah. he he raised that on on previous podcasts yeah. and and, he, and he's dead right you know we yeah. hold ai to higher standards than, than, we, hold than, than we hold ourselves ourselves <laughs> you know which 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 is fine yeah um yeah, in most instances, and, and this is this is always my recommendation. Yeah, I mean, in theory, I'm on the bleeding edge because you know um, I'm living living and breathing this every day. Um, but there, there still always has to be that decision before you get too immersed in anything to say—is this the right move or not? Hmm. Because and we you, don't do that, though, do we?
2: Yeah. We always ask, "What I rather than should we?" Yeah. How and do we rather than should we? Yeah,
0: correct. Yeah. And, and and we see other people doing it. We think, "Well, I, I should be doing." Can't that. be left behind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
2: that fear of missing out again.
0: Isn't yeah, that it? F- FOMO. You know. Um, so I- basically, to sum up, we're all.
2: F- <laughs> 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 another bleep for you there, Phil. We're, we're all rack them yeah. up, rack them up. So I've got to come back the email come on come back no, okay fine yeah. tell fine, me yeah. tell me come on justify yourself what? AI is wonderful <laughs> but not for emails come on now
0: No so so uh, uh, an old boss of mine years ago um, he he had a really good way of of dealing with communication and he'd, he'd split his mind to say, look, this is the time for this. This is the time for that. And he'd he'd almost assume sort of different personas for different types of work. So mm. he'd often say, because he had a crazy work ethic, and I'm not recommending that people work all hours, but he said, I only ever do emails either really early in the morning or really late at night. And, mm. and I batch them all at one go. Mm. But I treat an email in the same way that I would put, send a handwritten letter to someone. Yeah. It needs to be thought about. Yeah, there needs to be some sort of outcome. Mm. Yeah, I don't want it to be mindless. And I've got background in sales, you know, Um, everybody knows this. Um, So I've done the 100 cold calls a day. You know, I've done the 100 cold emails a day. Um, And I've also been on the other side of that. You know, getting cold emails of, you know, bots trawling my, my LinkedIn profile and then put putting a message together. And you can spot it a mile off if you know about it. But of course, there's a load of people that don't know whether, mm. it's, whether it's AI generated or not. But the reason that I, I fundamentally dif- d- disagree with it is because when you have a human interaction, there should be something there that an AI isn't able to create for you. Yeah, so if I'm sending a personal email to you, Dan, it's based on our interactions today. It's not about anything that an AI can pick up in the ether mm. or from your profile or anything like that. It's specifically relevant to you. And I want to know that I've produced that as, as a human to a human. Yeah, mm. I'm not a fan of... And, and it's, it's, it's built into to loads of stuff now. It's, it's all over the place. So um, the email application I use is something called Spark, which is really good. And... Um, tie multiple inboxes together. You know, so if you're working with multiple emails, it's really good, but it's also got a really good way of categorizing, I guess, similar to Gmail where it's got um, personal emails, i.e. one-to-one, notifications from from updates from other systems that are sending you alerts and then newsletters. Mm. Yeah, and you can really easily batch them, archive them really quickly. So in theory, you get to inbox zero every day, which I'm, which I'm a big fan of. Mm. Um, but they've now built an AI tool into it whereby somebody sends you an email and instead of having to go to chat GPT, copying the email and saying, can you write a considered response to this? Um, you just click AI and it will generate a response for you. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, if AI can generate a response, why am I replying in the first place? Mm. Do, do you see what I mean? Mm. You know, um, uh, uh, the only application where I can see that as useful is to say, thank you, I have registered your email, I will get back to you. Mm. Do, do you see what I mean? You yeah. Know, but, but but to then have it say, "Oh, I'm going to you know pretend it's me and write a considered response as a sign of respect to the person on the other side," I I'm not going to call it laziness, but I want I want to be able to prove. That I am somebody worth communicating with. Mm.
1: No, I get that. Mm. I get that. I think it
0: is almost laziness
1: though. In that, in that, in that aspect, if you're replying partly, to someone, partly. But if then, it's a reply to an email, that yeah. you're literally just pressing a button that. that mm. just well, you, you, looks you say that, the questions and generates I it.
2: once, I once saw a demo, um, and this was an, art, an, an automation conference about five years ago, and they, because back then we were actually looking at generative AI mm. chatbots, mm. and they played a, a video. Um, Oh, it, was a, it was an audio, sorry, um, audio track of someone ringing into the sales support team, and the support engineer or agent having a conversation, and they played this whole thing out um, along with the text. And at the end of it, they said, "Was the agent reading a real person a oh. or an artificial?" And everyone said, "It was a robot," and it was actually
1: a person. Mm. Oh, was it just they like reading from a script? Yeah, reading um, from a script. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not, new, it's not a new. I think that's um, the same though as yeah. what we what we were just talking about then. Yeah,
2: but it demonstrates that, it's at that point of where you've got all these people ringing in. What's the most efficient way to deal with them? Are they just a number and you just want to get it and turn it in, or or do you, is every single thing a personal conversation? In the answer is it obviously depends.
0: It does depend, yeah. and, and to yeah. to come back on the the support piece, mm-hmm. um, to me, an AI generated email, if we are using a system for support. We'd know that it wasn't yeah. coming from a person because yeah, it's a yeah. it's a ticket desk or something yeah. like yeah. that. So so AI generating those sorts of ticket updates. I mean, it's not even AI generated, is it? It's just, just automation, you know. And that, uh, that some sort of well, it
2: depends. It depends. But uh, uh, but the, having said that, with the latest and the next version of OpenAI to mm. come, for example, where it's actually learning how Adam Shilton thinks, learns, mm. communicates, would we not be in a situation where you would think, well, actually? Is it, it's actually answering the way that I would have done. Hmm. That's probably coming. Uh, mm, That's a bit meta. The, th- the,
1: thing, <laughs> I'd, <laughs> the thing I'd it's, worry it's about that, yeah. right?
2: If you had that... It's that duplication
1: of you, that that trip, duplicate, triplicate of you that yeah, uh, you always wanted.
0: Then we're into the territory of... I'll get my AI to speak to your AI. Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. And also, you're just getting to the point where, like, what's, it, what's the point of me even opening up my emails and looking at them? Because, like, my AI is just going to reply to one of them anyway. Yeah. Mm. The thing is, though, it it's kind of come down to like, is
2: whether or not it does a better job than you.
1: I know, but c- can you imagine, like, imagine you've already got your day all planned out and you're like, oh, I don't have time to look at my emails today. Oh, I don't have to worry mm. about it because, like, mm. Philbot's going to go through and reply to everyone anyway. He's accepted and you, Philbot, by the uh, way. Did you hear that? That was publicly. Then you... <laughs> I'm not wearing the costume, and then you end up having conversations with people that you're not actually talking to. Mm. Like, where does well, it until stop? Until
2: the point where you need to. Yes, you could say the same thing about sequences
1: that you know you do automated sequences of outreach
2: and lead. And, and that's and, been around for years as well. <coughs> yeah, you know, so, so um, it's another evolution of yeah. it, really. I'm it, grappling with
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So take, um, so it's, it's just an extension, right? So, mm. so uh, website chatbots, whether mm. it's customer service, sales fill in the gap. We've had for a number of years the ability to click on the pop up, what is the nature of your query? Mm. And then as you know, yeah. you could get queried by a bot mm. and it announces itself as a bot to say before you speak to a person, mm. is there anything that I can help with? Yeah. And I quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because being an introvert by nature yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like it because I feel like you're sharing with because I, I talk yeah, a lot exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah do you see what I mean yeah. Um, but um, yeah the, the, the theory is that if if that mm. can give me the quickest answer mm. quickest accurate answer I'm absolutely fine with that yeah. you know I'm not yeah. the sort of person that says oh, I only want to get an answer <laughs> from a human being you know because I'm all about efficiency I'm not yeah. about that sort of thing I think what we'll see with the next situation of AI is that process just extends yeah. so you will have yeah. more mm. time okay. with a more intelligent yeah. bot that yeah. can answer more complex yeah. queries so So coming to the software space, um, I've got a support query. The system's not doing something that it should do, right? And we're already seeing this with some of the more advanced support systems anyway. I type into the chatbot, I've got an issue with this journal or this invoice or this isn't posting. The AI can search for similar queries in the background, for Mm -hmm. similar terminology. It will look Mm -hmm. at the backlog of previously resolved cases And instead of just sending you to a knowledge base like they might do already, which is basically pre-canned, human-generated text articles as a troubleshooting exercise or a frequently asked question, it then says, oh, well, here are are some scenarios that have fixed this issue in the past – you want to try these before you speak to a person, yeah yeah okay. and that enables you to scale more easily with a leaner team yeah so instead of having to employ another person to soak up the first line support queries you've got an AI doing it instead, and that will just continue and continue to the next uh, iteration until we've replaced ourselves and I don't understand why we are so intent on replacing ourselves as people, but well. It probably comes to down to the cash, doesn't it? Within, well, <laughs> well, there's money to be made. Probably within yeah. certain
2: things. Because to be honest with you, someone sitting there engaging in one way conversation like that is, is really not beneficial for a person engaging on either side, to mm. be honest with you. It's not really fulfilling. It's not great for well-being. It's not great for your mental health. You're basically just sitting there doing one after another after another. That's not really a job that we probably... It goes back to life in children in Victorian... Factories, you know, it's, it's not really something that we p- what people really want to be doing. I'm not going to jump out of bed in the morning. Oh, I can't wait to deal with those 557 messages. <laughs> you know, no one wants to do that, especially their generation and the one that's coming on. Your kids, they're going to be even less inclined to want to do really boring, mundane, crappy, unfulfilling work yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So actually, it's it's more up for me. It's all about yeah, absolutely. Let's replace ours with every single thing that is crap. Yeah. And let's actually look to the future of the things that we we could actually do better. We mm. could do more of the things that would be more fulfilling, more rewarding, for us, for our customers, for the society at whole. Mm. Why why not? I mean, I'm I'm in for favor of replacing all of it. Yeah, yeah. We, are, in fact, years ago, like that same customer agent. and I know we need to move on at some point, but that same <laughs> customer agent. Thing, we used to work with a well, we still do, but we used, we used to work with a company called Humily that did conversational AI. Mm. And I'm talking five six years ago back then they had an AI chatbot. Oh that's probably the right term. Um but that at that time engaged in small talk. You know, it could it could ask but, but the good thing is you knew from an IP address or whatever, you knew where they were based, so it could ask you, Oh, see it's raining there in Devon today. Um, you know, or the sun's just coming out or bear with it, you know, it, it knew where you <laughs> Go were. Go away, creep. Could, yeah, exa- exactly. And yeah. you could engage in small talk. If it's coming into a customer service department, like we, we, you know so much about, like, because back to the point of data, you know yeah. so much about a customer today, yeah, yeah. you know, their spending habits, what mm, they do. Mm. You know everything about a person that you need to know to engage in small talk, mm. probably more than the person does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was five, six years ago. Mm. So the, the that, that, there's just, I mean, there's so much more we can do. So I, I'm, I'm amazed actually that we're not further ahead. Mm. To be honest with you, mm. I'm actually surprised we're not even further ahead than we were. And I think a lot of it is adoption because mm. mm. because of the anxiety um, mm. and and other things. People, the fear factor definitely. That's an issue.
0: Yeah, that's it. We, we're used to what we're used to, right? Yeah. You know, and we we get into a routine and we don't want things to change mm. um, because of the fear mm. um, and and all of that sort of stuff. And yeah. that that will never go away. It's human nature to avoid things that are potentially risky um mm. but it's it's a mindset it might mm. sorry mindset shift because actually in people not doing anything now that to me is a riskier strategy than yeah. than yeah. doing something it's
2: a head in the sand approach
0: and hoping yeah. that
2: everything's going to be fine yeah. when you come
0: out Absolutely. and of course it's not and i think i think if people look hypercritically and not everybody does this um but we can say oh you know it'd be great to to automate this, that, and the other. And, and on face value, we kind of think, right, well, you know, I had quite a lot of value at the moment. You know, there is actually quite a lot of stuff that I do that, I do that is productive and useful. Yeah. But I'd say, in a lot of instances, this might be controversial, that you're wrong if you're telling yourself that. Because if you actually look hypercritically at what you do, and I did this, I used an application called Toggle Track, and I used oh, it, yeah. because it because it was free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tracked literally everything over the course of two weeks. Yeah. And the majority of the stuff that I was doing was rubbish. Yes. <laughs> I was boxing off tasks, yeah. yeah. And I had this feeling that I was hyper productive and I was absolutely amazing. But when I actually looked at the amount of value that I produced, mm-hmm. it was pretty minimal. Mm. You know, it comes back to 80 20, doesn't it? You know, in that situation, probably 80% of my work wasn't creating the value that the other 20% of my yeah. work was, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think if we are all looking at things critically, there's probably a shit ton more that you can automate than you of expected. There
2: is. And there's a whole lot more that, as a business, can do mm. and get more value from you mm. that you're not doing. Mm. You know, I've never gone to any business where they said, yeah, we're absolutely happy. Everyone's working at full capacity, generating absolute maximum value, and we've got our costs under control. It's just you know, no company in the world ever says that. No. At least of all Twitter. Because it's, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's always the next thing, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. So. You solve that problem, and then another one comes up. Yeah. And then you solve that one, and then yeah, another yeah, one comes so. up. So it's a, it it's a vicious cycle.
2: So bookkeepers and accountants – are listening?
0: Uh-huh. They're watching you. Yeah.
2: They're going to want to know. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> always watching. Always <laughs> watching. But we 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 always try to get. Like, we need to get some practical mm-hmm. aspects out of this because mm-hmm. we've had a fantastic conversation, but we need to get down brass tacks. So you're a, you're an accounting firm. You're a bookkeeper accountant. You may be a founder in a small firm. You might be part of a bigger firm. Mm-hmm. You're trying to spend your time working on your firm rather than in it. Mm-hmm. Priority. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got to maintain excellent client engagement. Mm -hmm. You've got to reach out and find new clients. Mm -hmm. You've got to constantly attract potential new staff. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've always got to be worried about the bottom line, Mm -hmm. price. So price, profit, um, those being the main priorities. What are the real practical things, then, do you think that we can – device that we can give bookies and accountants f- for using ChatGPT today? Things that can actually switch this podcast off. Mm-hmm. Um, don't yet, because, of course, yeah, don't do that. the fun <laughs> stuff's coming next. It gets to the end of the episode. <laughs> and, <laughs> and other stuff. But what, what's the real? What's give us some? Give us the top, I don't know, top three things. So let's, let's say, for example, it might
0: might not be top three. So right, uh, top, top twenty-five so, then. So, <laughs> sorry, but, what what you're essentially saying there is, Adam, you've rambled too much. Actually, give no, us, no, give us something actionable. No, that's that's fine. We can we can do that. We can do that. So AI would have got straight to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's fine. Yeah, c- cut out the niceties. Um, what what am I doing? What do you need me to do? Um, Fine. So the first bit ties into what we've already been talking about. So, so the best exercise you can do um, is to try and map what you do and don't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these are all of the activities that I may do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Okay. And then rank them. Okay. What yeah. tool should they use for that? So it could be a spreadsheet. Okay. Accountants love spreadsheets. Yeah. You know, finance loves spreadsheets. I love mm. spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. I try and avoid them, but I, I still love them um no matter how many posts i say you don't need them anymore <laughs> um so, so so, yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah everybody is i'm not alone um so yeah that that could be the easiest one you know so on the left you put your activities and then on the right is the ranking you know is like an activity based analysis? yeah yeah is this a low medium or high value activity you mm-hmm. know there's a bit of thought as to where the value is mm-hmm. because it's obviously based on your role so if my value mm-hmm. is um reducing costs you know that is obviously going to be the high, highest priority What's yeah. the quickest win. And and we talk about it all the time in terms of 80-20. There's probably some activities that account for the majority of your salary. Yeah, you know, um, and some that, that don't, right? It's the difference between like a £5 an hour activity or a, five, a £500 an hour mm-hmm. activity, right? So it helps to think in those terms. And once you've mapped that, that is then the platform for you to be making decisions on what you then do. Mm. Because those ones that are in the low category, and do the low first before you go, go into the medium, there might be some low hanging fruit that you can get there. You know. So if I am spending a huge amount of time merging spreadsheets together, you know, or trawling through data, you can then say, right, is there a tool that's gonna help me with this? Mm. What a lot of people do sometimes is they go to the extreme and they say, we need to reinvent all of our systems. Yeah, um, that's not my recommendation initially. Thank God for that. Yeah, <laughs> op- op- optimization is is the first bit because if you if you free up a little bit of time, then you've got more time to free up more time. You know, mm-hmm. and it comes comes back to that incremental approach, right? Yeah. So, so if it is that, then um, you could say, right, well, I spend uh, a lot of time taking this file, copying it to here and doing whatever. And I know you guys do this from, from an automation perspective. Mm. Um, but you could get ChatGPT to write a very simple bit of code for you that will merge files from the, these different locations, for example. That's a very simple example of just a copy and paste exercise that mm. you could you could get rid of mm. straight away. You know? um, whether it's creating Python code, VBA code, or anything like that, you know, mm. the, the tools can help you produce that to 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 automate that at a very simple level. When it comes to the kind of the softer stuff, you know, I I mentioned one example of producing presentations, you know, if part of your job is to produce a monthly board pack that is then presented, yeah, um, how can you cut out a lot of the initial work that goes into that, you know, so is there a tool that helps you produce the structure? Yeah, um, and then next, is there a tool that will help you with some of the formatting? Because if you actually pull pull apart the components of a presentation, the time isn't actually put in the structure together. The time is on the visuals, mm-hmm. visualizing uh, visualizing data and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of tools that will help you produce the graphics that make that exercise a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then if you find the the other bits that are trickier, the uh, sticking on the data topic, and again mentioned this previously as well is there a way that you can chain your data to an AI tool that's gonna to help you surface insights? Yeah. 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 That might not be a low value activity that you're looking to automate, mm. that might be a high value activity that you're looking to enhance. Accentuate yeah? yeah. So yeah. It's, it's not really a number of steps, but I guess step one is map your activities and rank them in terms of value, then starting with the lowest value, most time consuming ones, then look at ways that you can automate that, yeah? yeah? yeah. It might not even be an AI tool, yeah. You know, it yeah. could be a, another application. It could just be a little bit of automation. You yeah. know, it could, it could be, be a bot for that. Yeah, it could be a bot for that. <laughs> there could be Shameless a bot for plug. that. Shameless plug. Yeah, yeah. Outrageous. Uh, absolutely. I know. Yeah. I know. yeah. And then, then you can just work up on that, yeah. you know, and then you are pushing the power curve towards mm. the higher value activities. Yeah. Um, so oh. you're spending the majority of your time there. Yeah.
2: Cool.
0: Is that helpful? Absolutely.
3: Mm. <laughs> One question then, actually. with uh, You work with a lot of people in. We bring a lot of people in and you have a lot of discussions kind of bringing them up to speed with ai and its capabilities but do you find there's kind of a mindset shift that people need or that you see them go on as you start to explain the capabilities of it they just kind of see the headlines and oh it's this amazing thing but when they actually get to see what they can use it for does
0: that yeah there there is an element of seeing is believing mm. um, there are always people that are just hugely, hugely resistant, mm-hmm. and no matter what they see, they will always resist. I think that's becoming less and less now. I think people are becoming more, more open to technology in general. But the the mindset, sh- the mindset shift, is not in the thinking that we have to adopt all of this immediately and straight, aw- straight away. Mm-hmm. The mindset sh- mindset shift is how do we build awareness of it? How do we learn about it? And then make a better decision about how we employ it so mm-hmm. the best thing people can do is just become more familiar with what's out there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and again you can follow me on linkedin mm-hmm. you can follow um christian martinez craft heinz he's really good follow uh, nicola ba- uh, Boucher, who's doing a lot on uh, chat gpt at the moment there's, there's tons of us that are talking about all of this sort of stuff so that will help with the mindset set mindset. sorry
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this is do,
0: that will help because the more you're exposed to it, yeah. you know, and it comes yeah. back to that, you know, you, yeah. you are the sum of the people that you surround yourself with the most. So yeah. before before you do anything, you know, just immerse yourself in it and then you will start seeing opportunities, especially if you've got your task map right. You know, so I've seen this, could that work? But again, don't jump in straight away. You know, what mm. problem are you solving? What is the outcome that we're looking to achieve from this? Because again, if you can't answer those questions, there's no point in adopting anything. Mm.
2: Yeah. So we'll put a link to your wonderful pdf the guide mm. to ChatGPT. okay like. yeah, yeah we will yeah so that everyone can get access to that yeah and you yourself
0: yeah. fine okay thank you all right very good
1: very good <laughs> Love it. right is it that time <laughs> it is probably that time for jingles and games that's probably not the best <laughs> way to describe <laughs> that, <laughs> actually and games. um ugh. okay let's just go straight into the game i'm not gonna say that again right I had an idea before, but I had to switch up a little bit because ChatGPT wasn't up to the task, unfortunately. Uh, Really? All right, blame the. You disappoint me. Blame the. No, it's still ChatGPT based. So we're basically just going to do a trivia quiz that ChatGPT has come up with. Okay. So we're going to see who wins, basically, out of us or the AI. Oh. I have. I do have a jingle. Oh God, it's quite (laughs) loud. Is this a jingle or a festival? do you mean what festivals are you going to none (laughs) what did you call this uh, section again you had a name for this one Saturday Night Fever that was terrible Phil that
0: was quite long as well (laughs) you wrote a bad
2: jingle I didn't (laughs) write I
1: didn't write the jingle you made the wrong choice I've made I've made terrible choices (laughs) chat GPT wouldn't have got that wrong just replace me right anyway we'll go for five questions and we'll see how many we get right so the first question that ChatGPT has come up with is who formulated the theory of general relativity
0: oh that is einsteins,
1: einstein's any albert. anyone answer it's albert. Uh, oh sorry i thought you <laughs> were so we're a team i, I yeah. thought we're, oh, right. we were going to go the AI. Oh, oh okay okay it's university sorry. challenge
2: right okay. universally challenged <laughs> i think
1: it's the correct <laughs> that's <laughs> ah, what I was ah, looking ah, for ah, that's what you did oh god okay einstein correct well done albert einstein indeed formulated the theory of general relativity great job let's move to the next question in computer science what does the acronym http stand for Hypertext something protocol. Pass. Yes. <laughs> it's a hypertext it hyper something protocol. I don't know what the second T is for. Hmm.
0: Terminal? Hyper. Terminal, you want to go with. How do we know whether the AI, AI wins or not? We've not got well, the AI. AI's yeah.
1: never wrong. If we okay. get <laughs> less than half the questions right, then okay. yeah. we're yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Right. Okay, fine. What we get? Terminal?
0: That's mm. not right, but... No,
2: no, it's hypertext...
0: Transmission? Oh. Could be... Transfer. Transfer, oh. I think. Try transfer. Yeah,
2: hypertext transfer protocol. I tr- like it. Tr- it's close, anyway. Three of those are definitely right. <laughs> 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 Which is thing. as good as any AI. <laughs> Three quarters <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Oh. Good enough. Oh, okay. It, it, Google.
1: <laughs> it told me I was wrong. And then it just put hyper and text next to each other. It is hypertext transfer approach, actually. Yes. Oh amazing, ahead. there right. we go. What is what the largest mean? organ in the human body? I asked for university grade questions. It's given me what's the largest organ in the well, human body. Well let's ask body. the most
2: recently graduated university student.
1: What's the largest organ in the human body? Keep it clean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it depends. <laughs> depends who you're talking about, ah, does not it? Oh dear. Okay.
1: That ain't an organ.
0: I think it's your skin, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think, think it, is it is skin, yeah. Yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> <God.
1: laughs>
2: That's
0: absolutely, correct. No, yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah, absolutely correct. There you go. It also considered... auto generates, by the way. Your skin auto generates. Seven yeah. years. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 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 We're all snakes. <laughs> 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 In more ways than that. <laughs> <laughs> Who is considered
1: the father of modern computer science? <sighs> computer science? Mm.
2: I'm gonna have to confer with my colleagues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about this one.
1: It's, well, it's not. It's not. It's not Alan,
2: Alan Turing.
0: Uh, he. Yeah, he. That was a Turing test, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think like it AI related, isn't it?
2: But yeah. Yeah. And I know there's it's another one. It's the best answer of, we've got in terms of AI. I, there's I another nothing. one, but I can't remember his name. Anything? I Go with Turing.
1: Blank. I don't yeah, think we'll, is, we'll do, yeah, we'll yeah, do Great true. job yeah, yeah. That is correct oh, There we go There we go Dan What is the smallest Unit of memory In a computer Bit A, bit or a byte? byte Oh no it is, a, uh, bit. Uh, it is a bit Bit isn't it Bit yeah. Bit comes before Byte, byte Yeah hmm. Do you get the smell There we that, go right? Absolutely I got it right. You need to... <laughs> Price for that. So we We're a I'm technology company. This, so if we we'll get see. those things wrong. <laughs> we haven't got much hope, have we? Right, five from five. I think we won that one. AI sucks. Unlucky AI. Don't bother with it. It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> University-level questions my ass. <laughs> right, well, there we go.
0: There was some, definitely some team effort there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Right, that leaves us... We're, oh no! Actually, mm-hmm. we'll do the. I'll hand it over to you, Aaron. Actually, for the presentation of the. Hello.
3: Excuse me.
1: <laughs> As is tradition with every guest on the podcast. <sighs> oh <my>
2: goodness! <laughs> yeah. Like do you know anyone who you. needs a t-shirt? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> with your very own, you've now an official member of the VIB
0: community.
2: I'm a VIB. You are. Very important beanie.
0: That's amazing. <laughs>
2: It's a V I B T.
0: Where did the name beanies come from?
2: Bean counters. Ah. How did I not
0: see that? I wouldn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm very privileged. Do you want me to put it on or? No, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to put it on now,
1: no.
3: No, this isn't an Only Bots podcast. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, there's, a, there's a great business idea. Yeah,
2: that yeah, comes that comes after uh, the podcast. Yeah. 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 Well,
1: well oh, hang, hang
3: on.
2: on. Hang <laughs> on. With, <laughs> with what? Is that FemBots and Membots? Oh. I would like to move on to the next section, please. Hey.
3: What you want
1: <laughs> Snack Attack.
3: <laughs> We'd love it. <laughs> and this is where.
1: Yeah, this is
0: down yes. to you,
3: Guess yes. Mr. Shilton.
0: <clears throat> I'll introduce my snacks, Please. my childhood snacks, one at a
3: time.
2: Did you, when you were at school, did you have a nickname?
0: No. Oh.
2: Really? <laughs> oh that's not so the answer you I,
0: I can give you the nickname I was given, but I can't say it ah, because well, it would offend a lot of people. Okay, that's fine. Let's <laughs> oh. leave it there. Yeah.
2: Because um, I affectionately refer to you, and I hope you're not offended, the Schulzmeister. Oh wow.
1: Just Schultzmeister. Do you like that? I do like You're it. You're not offended by that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, because when we when we talk, I, I, Schultzmeister's coming tomorrow. Oh, amazing. You like that? I've been called Schultz a couple of times, but yeah. Schultzmeister takes it to like the next level. There we that's go. what
2: we do here, boss, for that. Taking
0: it to the next level. Right, well, go. Schultzmeister's got some treats for us. <laughs> Ooh. Do we want to, can the camera see the treats? I'm sure it can. Yeah, I'll explain. So this is a mini flump. I was grossly disappointed because flumps, and you can probably still I get know them. I the flumps. It'd be it ginormous.
2: Oh, no, I was talking about the TV program. No, no, no. no. no? Oh, okay. No. So no, fl- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So oh.
0: these are mini flumps. I, I hope you can still, I couldn't find any in the shop, but you they, they used to get them like, well, I'm saying this big. It was this big as a child, but it's probably, do you I see think what I mean? it's relative, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. were uh, small. Absolutely, yeah. but take,
2: take a mini flump. <laughs> Thank you. You see, when I was a kid, back in the 70s, <laughs> there was a program, television program called the flumps. Okay. and there were these like fluffy ball-shaped things mm-hmm. characters um and you had granddad flump
1: and mummy and dad flump and children right,
3: so it's, it's a marshmallow mm. yeah
0: mm. but it's a tasty marshmallow why do
1: you look so confused by the marshmallow then you're like mm. <laughs>
0: has it got the seal of approval
1: he's, he's a he's a tough critic it's the the gen z over there right. he's a very tough critic. Great, yeah. do you know what that needs a wooden stick and a fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But
0: they're but not bad. And flumps are good. Ah, now. Th- then we have the curly-worthy. Mm, I like those Which is well. a classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, again, pretty sure they used to be a lot bigger. They but were. I could have just... No, grown. I'd agree with you on that, because no, when I, I was a kid in the 70s,
2: yeah. they were definitely larger. Yeah. They were wider
3: as well. Probably trying to. Yeah, wider. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what? I have to make a confession.
1: Oh, you've never had a curly-worthy?
2: I don't
0: think I've ever had a curly-worthy. Go, pull your boots.
2: I haven't had a curly-worthy in about... Thirty-five years. Have a flump. Have
0: a flump. You can have my curly whirly as well. I've it's had, all right. I've had too many in my lifetime. There's any more in there? Oh, you'll have to get next from the back. over it's there. It's all right. Don't worry.
2: Yeah, because there were at least. Yeah, it was. It was.
0: Yeah.
1: There
2: we go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and, and he, herein lies used the problem. Like. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Herein lies yeah. the problem. So, yeah. so I remember, I used to get home from school um, in my school uniform with my nice white shirt, um, and first thing I do is I go get a. I've um, forgotten what it's called now. Curly Wurly from the cupboard um, and I'd sit on the sofa and watch some TV and my mum would watch as the chocolate <laughs> fell all over my white shirt and I'd I just remember the conversations that were you ruined another shirt um, but it didn't stop me from eating the Curly mm. um so that was kind of a tradition whether it was a flump or a Curly Wurly I'd sit down in front of the TV straight after school and just stuff my face full of sugar that's how it worked do you know what
2: that's the first sweet that I've had that I haven't had for about thirty odd years. Yeah, um, that tastes like I remember. Oh God, yeah. he's not going to throw
1: it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to throw that. I, I I genuinely like that. We used to and have it these. It tastes the same as our, as my memory of it. We used to have these in um in our house all the time because my mum loves curly Whirlies, but my dad always used to <laughs> to eat her curly Whirlies and she always used to get really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> you would always blame the kids.
0: Yes, very good. And then the. the... This was, we the cl- you, Jonathan. this was the closest I could find. Because mm. I didn't I didn't actually have these. Um mm. I had something similar. I, I can't did. I can't remember the, nois- uh, the the official name, but it was like um the packet was split in three and one of the sections mm. was a stick. Yeah. And then remember, you had yeah. two flavours of sherbet, yeah. like and then you bl- could I think it was yeah. like blue and pink, yeah. Absolutely, like, yeah. Side, and yeah. then you could dip it in whichever one. So I couldn't find any one of those. I don't know whether they're still a dip dab, but this mm. is basically a strawberry lolly that you dip in sugar. Mm. So, I do remember these, yeah. So they're they're good as well. The the other treats that I couldn't find that I would have liked to have bought. One of them you can't get anymore, even though I think they did. Maybe they did a reissue that was healthier. Turkey Twizzlers. Oh God. So it's not a snack. <laughs> yeah. It was a full-on meal. I used to live for the turkey Twizzler days at school. Um, first in the queue, but then obviously I think it was Jamie Oliver that kicked up a fuss and said, all of this food is really bad for, for kids, stop doing it. What do you know? Um, <laughs> Have you it? seen that video, though, that where different. he goes into a school and he, he shows
1: them how they make turkey twizzlers? No, I didn't see that. It's quite fun. It's It's a very old video, but basically yeah. he goes in and he goes, It's all the bits of the it's all the bits of the chicken and the turkey you don't want to eat and he puts it all in a blender and yeah. he makes it into this like little nugget shape and he's like, Who'd still eat this? And all the kids are like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they all put that. their hands up and he's just
2: like Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not snorting it. Oh, <laughs> <for God. laughs> I'm smelling it, not snorting it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so the turkey twizzles they, they were always amazing. Um Wow. That that tastes like I remember as well. It? Mm. And then um, mm. have you got one? Oh, sweet! No, um, Would you, like um, you can pass that over. I've just tried the
1: sugar, but I didn't actually. Yeah, I didn't lick the lolly. So
0: there's, um, and good. the the other one, good, good uh, choices. And I didn't go to the right shop, so it's, it's a last shout out to the frube.
1: Oh, the frube! Frozen um, frubes! I love a frozen frubes. Did you ever have a frube? This is
2: before.
0: This is after my time. Oh right, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. So a frube. I think
2: I was and, and out chasing women and drink. Yeah. At that point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, not sweet. I don't think you can still get them, but a Froob is are. And I don't know where the work Maybe fruit. Froob- like with tube merged together fruit but it was basically fruit yogurt in a tube right and it came in a really long um how do i describe it almost like a an ice lolly pack right but yeah. it'd be, be yogurt oh, yeah. um so they'd, they'd oh. slot into the lunch box, um and then you'd rip off one end and then you just you'd squeeze it into your mouth right mm. um but i made a fool of myself at school one day we'll oh, keep no. we'll, we'll keep we'll keep this uh clean clean um but what, and I'm going to try and explain this without making this really, really dirty. Um, but obviously, the correct way to eat them was to completely rip off the top yeah. and just to to to, to squeeze. Um, but Stop we, it. But we fa- <laughs> but we found <laughs> so going the only cha- only fancy. Yeah, here we go. We, we found that if you just tore it a little bit to the point where um, there was a bit of air, and then you squeezed it really hard, it would it would it would, yeah. it would pop and it would be more exciting, so you get more of an explosion as opposed to a squeeze. Um, Stop! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> anyway, so so I was, I was sat in the middle of the, the, the lunch hall at uh, school, which were those horrible tables where all of the little black um, stools were connected to, to the table. And um, I, I did the, the small slit at the top, and I squeezed really hard, and the wrong end exploded. Oh, dear. <laughs> Oh, no. And it went all over my black blazer, all over my black trousers. So I was basically covered in white yogurt for the remainder of the day. And this
2: is the story you've stuck to ever since. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
1: <my God. laughs> yeah I I'm pretty sure the they got they got banned in our school for a little bit because people kept um, like get, stamping on them. <clears throat> yeah. Like, oh, right. you've been frooved. Like people oh. would froove people. Oh, you just put them on the frubed. floor and like stamp yeah. on them, and
0: then. We didn't have that. The, the only thing that got banned was those. Um, we had yo-yos banned at one time because people were hurting themselves mm. with them. I can't, can't remember. As a, mm? There was too many yo-yos. Yeah, I can't that's remember. Thing. Um, but, but the other one was like those um, those crackers that used to fl- throw on oh, yeah. the floor yeah. you know, that used to explode because um, people used to throw them behind the teachers and make them shit themselves, essentially. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we we were shits at school. Quite often made teachers cry. Not by covering them in fruit, but just by being generally horrible <laughs> children. But yeah. Anyway, blast from the past, eh? Yeah, Yeah, they were some good snacks. Mm. And that was...
1: Mm -hmm. Snack Attack. Dirty Snack Attack. It was a bit dirty, actually. Exprated Snack Attack. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Wow. Late Night Snack Attack.
2: Yeah, that might have to have a rating.
1: That might have to be content, you know, watch out for this one. E
2: for Explicit, yeah. You really haven't (laughs) had
1: much sleep, have you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, Well, Aaron try and follow that with a wrap up of the podcast should if, should if take you would out, please
3: <laughs> thank you for joining us again beanies make sure to catch us every second Monday and Friday for the new release of the podcast and make sure to join our communities our beanies and we'll see you in the next one take care
1: that's a wrap